0: Today's episode is brought to you by Mix. No, Facebook. Twitch.tv slash High Noon Podcast.
1: It's High Noon.
0: Everyone and welcome to High Noon Podcast, the committed Overwatch podcast. I am your host, Blevins. With me, as always, is Death Blow. What's up, buddy?
1: Not too much, my man. How you doing? Oh,
0: better than uh, a lot of other people apparently today. After a, uh, a crazy, uh, just
1: gaming news day. Maybe not yeah. so much Overwatch or Overwatch League specific yeah. news day, but at this point, I'm willing to call that a positive and just uh, yeah put a put a bow on it and let let some other gaming communities have their <laughs> have their, their, their struggles this, but... at the moment yeah, yeah. you know yeah. to the surprise of literally
0: <laughs> three people uh mixture <laughs> failed um i don't know maybe we shouldn't make light of a lot of people losing their job and i don't know or maybe we oh, should because yeah. it won't whatever
1: yeah it's it it, it is what it is we we did we i'm sorry we didn't shy away from making jokes of people moving to mixer when it was still a viable platform that you could stream on so i guess we probably shouldn't stop now well you should have seen this writing on the wall it's less about
0: the content creators who made the jump because it's like you made your own bed it's more like the developers and stuff who people who probably lost their actual jobs
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that definitely a, a feels bad man for for them for sure. Hopefully, um, you know they find work in in, in another platform or, or somewhere yeah, else yeah. before long. Um, a lot of places should be hiring as we come out of the coronavirus right. uh, stuff. So hopefully, the timing was was uh, less bad than it could be for them. Right.
0: And I mean, for the content creators, it's like you know. You can you can stream on Twitch and get six viewers. Yeah, so you, you all can probably a boost as soon as you go over
1: there.
0: Uh, we're horrible people, and I don't care. Okay, let's talk about actual Overwatch, or at least some housekeeping, of course. Huge shout-outs to our executive producer, Bungie Bamboo, who has supported us over Twitch.tv, or not Twitch, well, Twitch.tv slash High Name Podcast, <laughs> cool. but Patreon.com slash High Podcast. You can do the same Head over there and support the show for sure. Or twitch.tv slash podcast. We stream live every Monday with the episode. I don't know where I was going with that. I thought I had more to say, and then I checked my brain, and I didn't. Um, speaking of supporting, you can go over, check out the Blackwatch report and support tier two and contenders. I know that's the that's what the cool kids are saying these days, right, is support tier two, support contenders. Absolutely. People are standing contenders, and there's no two people who have stand stood who have standarded contenders longer and more vehemently than and Kyle that's right, and Thornton.
1: myself Wayne. and... Oh, wait, who were you going to say? <laughs> then <laughs> us, too.
0: We were we were covering contenders before it was called Contenders.
1: Actually, that's true. true. Uh, that, I participated in Contenders true. Season Zero.
0: That is true. You did.
1: Take that, Thorn. I see you in chat.
0: <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Kyle, Wynn and Thorn Rain with the Black Watch Report have been standing contenders longer than many of these wannabes for quite some time. So definitely make sure you check them out. They've got their own feed, own uh, Twitch channel, and all that good stuff. Just look for Black Watch Report on the internet. Death Blow. We'll move on and we'll talk about what we did. Anything fun and exciting for you this week?
1: Um, I just been keeping going with the streaming business uh you know god i had like a 10 hour stream when there was some new you content have been for streaming a lot sot and yeah I've, I've really been putting in some hours recently got a new video out uh, i'm not gonna Flood this this podcast with with talk about the other game content we're not gonna flood
0: the uh, we're not gonna flood the podcast with telling people to go to uh twitch.tv slash deathblow ttv you already know to go to twitch.tv slash deathblow tv deathblow ttv and subscribe to the youtube channel and if you wanted like you know
1: a link to my discord you could just go to my my twitter which is deathblow ttv and yeah. you could follow we're not me there going, and we're not going, going to spend yeah, yeah. yeah we're not going to spend time on this show doing that it's just not the way we operate yeah um but we're, in all seriousness i've been having a bunch of fun with that uh, i know a couple people that listen to the show uh-huh. have like bought i think i saw hebe hebe jebe playing sea of thieves he hasn't uh nice. joined me yet for a session but I've converted a couple of people over to uh, enjoying huh. that game. I played a little with Thorn Rain on stream the other day. Uh, just been, yeah, having a really good time with I'm, that game. So please. I'm not it.
0: gonna lie. I'm a little bit. Cl- I'm a little bit closer than I thought I was to actually reinstalling. It's. Uh, it's You've been of-
1: viewing more than I I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm you bought did. into yeah,
0: viewing. I am bought yeah. into the the videos. I'm bought into the stream. I'm, but I'm like. I went into it with the with never even considering playing Sea of
1: Thieves again, and I'm like, it's I'm a little bit I'm a little bit close actually. Was, it, was it when you saw me doing the squid dance on air? No, the wasn't the squid dance people that I just it's killed just
0: the like? I don't know. I feel like I just if it. <laughs> I feel like if I have the right group, I I think like it wasn't the company that turned me off last time it was like i was a very much beginner in a uh group of three other people who knew exactly what they were doing and it was like i just felt like i was more of a hindrance than anything now
1: you can hop in with me because i've done just about everything that the game has to offer at this Mm -hmm. point and i'm just hunting for content and fun and memes um so yeah it's it's an absolute blast uh to to play and and i'm i'm with you on the content that's like what drove me to wanting to make content for it not so much the fun i have when playing but the fact that i can always get like just really really enjoy watching a, a you know adventure yeah. on youtube or just hopping into a stream or something like that It really yeah. is um, a phenomenal game for content purposes i think yeah
0: so, definitely, again, we're not going to spend any more time telling you to go to YouTube. <laughs> don't say the name again.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I won't say Deathbow TTV again. Uh, oh, boy. Got <laughs> <laughs> there. Um, for me, uh, I don't even want to talk about it, but I am officially a boomer. You can just say hashtag okay Me now. Uh, Look,
1: guys, he turned 30 years old and his hats don't fit him anymore. I know. He's got side parted like dad, haircut. I've
0: got like a dad
1: shirt on already. Yep. Like I'm fully bought he's, in to the He's lifestyle. like an older version of Kevin Naki, but you know, significantly younger in actuality, just not <laughs> yeah. just not in appearances. Yeah. You'd I, have to cut them open and count the rings in order to t- yeah. to tell that Blevins is younger now.
0: I I uh I put sandals on today and socks just immediately appeared. It was weird. And <laughs> and the straps around them they became mandals. It was it was crazy. Yeah. No, I'm old now and uh, it was my birthday over the weekend. I had fun. Had a good stream, and, uh, you know, got... So,
1: serious question, though. What's yeah. it like to be past your prime?
0: Well, I've known that for quite some time. I've been past my prime for about 12 <laughs> years now, so
1: it's 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 fine. <laughs> I've really, I've really, really enjoyed you turning 30 probably more than I've enjoyed any of my actual birthdays. Yeah. Um, I can't even say on air the the birthday greeting that I sent you on your, on your actual birthday. True. Um, <laughs> that is true. You can't. Uh... Nonetheless. Um... <laughs> Happy birthday to you, Uh, and yeah, congratulations on still being alive. You did it, man.
0: I am past my prime, but you know, you can use your prime, your Twitch prime over here at twitch.tv slash shining podcast.
1: That was the one time I wanted to, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. You're not, you're
0: not (laughs) affiliate yet. So (laughs) having people go there and be upset is going to be, you got to Hey, but them
1: going there gets me closer, you know? true. True. But
0: again, we're not going to be mindlessly shilling Deathblow TV anymore. Um, that's we're over. We're over that now. Um, don't do that. I, I don't know where I'm going with that. But let's move on. And talk about some it's, uh, news. Kevster has joined the LA Gladiators. Death, I know you have a very uh, you have very warm words to say about Kevster.
1: I have nothing negative to say about Kevin. I feel like you're setting me up to bash him. Um, I mean, (laughs) uh, what we know so far, uh, we did get to play this week, so we can guarantee he's approximately three-quarters of a Dante in the DPS role. So, um, yeah, no, honestly, this is a really, really strong signing, I think, for the Gladiators um hmm. bird ring's really been working out for them they needed somebody to kind of pair with him and hopefully pop off a little bit more from the flex dps um position and i think kevster's a really really strong choice uh there's been some good chances to run some uh, double hit scan compositions lately mm-hmm. with you know uh, ash and tracer uh and kevster's a, a great addition that gives them that flexibility more than mirror or jaru really did um so i really think he's primed to do well with the gladiators uh this week notwithstanding we'll get to their results soon but i mean <laughs> it's a it's a really really tough ask um to yeah. uh, you know ask a, a player to come in and uh, you know on monday start scrimming with a team uh playing from europe on the ping that he was on i believe he was playing from Europe. i think the broadcast said as much anyways um mm. and then you know asking him to Compete with one of the top Western, you know, DPS players uh, on, on the tracer role—it's a really, really tough ask. So, um, I think you know, it's uh, a bright future for Kevster in the league. He's somebody that really stood out in contenders um, prior to this this signing here to bring him into Overwatch League. So, um, hopefully, he takes off starting at the perfect time, which is next week, immediately after the Houston. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it's nice. It, it, the, the, the story is really, hey, we're actually seeing uh, we're actually seeing contenders, players getting called up and not just random other players uh, that exist or players. Well, I mean, that was amazing we news love, until Florida ruined it. And now they're forever <laughs> cursed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just just good. I mean, yeah thorn is, is popping off in chat right now yeah played in the contenders finals in eu so yes was in eu as well as another player that has joined the overwatch league Oni god has joined the dallas fuel and well maybe not the best week <laughs> to uh be on the dallas fuel death
1: yeah um we'll just kind of cover that result there uh honestly I've not seen a bigger throw in, in professional gaming um, you know, until this game happened here for the Dallas Fuel. It's funny, they made the signing, and I said, kind of, not really sarcastically at all, but I, I said it in Discord. I'm like, you just know they're going to bench Decay for this man and lose because of it. And they literally instantly, uh, they get 3-0'd by the Vancouver Titans and their entirely new roster playing scattered across the globe. Yeah. Um, just an absolute head scratcher of a, of a choice there. The team does not have the kind of record to be taking games off. And no, um, there was a statement from, um, Arrow basically saying we really wanted to take advantage of the easier schedule this week and figure out what some of our problems are. And since none of those problems are decay, uh, you take him out and it should highlight some of your other areas of weakness. And I get it and it makes sense, but you have to be good enough to beat the worst team in the league without your star player in order for it to make sense. You can't be throwing the game and the overall match win in order to, to get this result. And- okay,
0: that that does not actually make sense. That's like, okay, so we know there's problems with our car, but one of those problems is not the wheels. So we took the
1: wheels off, and we're going to try something else. Like, um... no the the analogy the way you put it sure makes it sound terrible um but i do think it makes a bit of sense you know we talk Uh, about garbage time for a lot of teams and kind of using the the weaker matchups to alleviate maybe uh you know stress on the players or anything like that but um it's the bottom line is is that it's it's okay to do that you just can't get absolutely put down by the worst team in the league going right. into the match right like you that just can't be by, by a team the end you struggled result
0: to call a team a couple weeks ago
1: it was really painful yeah like a team that was on par over at my least the it, at my absolute worst opinion of boston right which we're far right. from there now at this point they've they've leveled up significantly yeah. but at the worst they've been all year right they were competing to be you know to be worse than that um right. in most people's eyes and then they get they get the 3-0 win um it just really shows i mean we saw it was clear as day when dallas beat houston going into in the tournament mm-hmm. uh in the me- melee that it was the decay show right that he yeah. put the team on its back and they won solely and completely because of that carry performance mm-hmm. um and that was I think really highlighted, right? Like if you had doubts, of, oh sure he looked good, but he was enabled by the rest of the team. I encourage you to watch this match and realize <laughs> that no, no he was not. He was just a widowmaker maker that clicked every head that was showed up on yep. his screen um and it, it was what put, you know, what put that match away single-handedly. Um it, you know, so this team needs to get back to um using decay 100% of the time. Yep. You you don't have like, your overall win percentage isn't bad, but you've got a lot of games left to play, mm-hmm. and you can't forfeit them. You can't afford to give them up right. because you're still, like, sub 500 in the wins. Like, it's just it's painful. And, listen, if you wanted to use this as an opportunity to, like, let Onigod stretch his legs and, let you know, let him get out there and get some stage time versus a weaker opponent, the painfully obvious way to do it was decay and only got together right. in the tracer ash like i just talked about with the gladiators cats mm-hmm. being able to do that with bird ring it looks great it was just staring them right in the face it was the obvious just do this forehead kind of a situation um and they just didn't they just left they <laughs> left the guy on the bench and even when it was turning even when they're like scrambling for arrow to get a statement to reinforce so we can read it on the halftime of the right. broad, you're like they just still didn't reverse they still didn't call decay and be like "Hey, man." Uh, we need you to work today. Uh, we're yeah. busier than we thought. Like you know, a, a subway does when, when they. Yeah. <laughs> when they're mean, for what it's worth, I'm not answering that day. call
0: if I'm Decay in at my real job. In the past, yes. when that would have been relevant, because uh, I have, although I have answered that call before begrudgingly. That that's always the worst when it's like you've got like a Saturday off in a job where you would normally maybe work a Saturday, and then you get that call in the morning from your boss and it's just like hey so
1: you want to come in it's like i'm gonna need you to go ahead and come in on saturday how are we not how are you not gonna make the office space i was so trying with- i know i was trying
0: <laughs> to and then i i i'm a, i'm you know in my old age my memory is not work is not so great so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be pulling that card for a long time <laughs> but you know in my old age my memory so is card. not working so good so i'm gonna be pulling that card for a long time in other news, it was
1: Blevins' 30th birthday this week. <laughs> so we're now too, both too old to remember anything that's happened on air. Uh, yes. But yeah, just honestly, it's it's crazy how Dallas can go back and forth between a team that looks like they're on the up-and-up and and competing for that middle-of-the-pack kind of a, a standing and just to fall flat on their face like this. Mm-hmm. It's honestly a very Dallas thing to do, if I'm True. being perfectly honest with you. It's it's on par with what they've done in the past. And um, I think for the most part, at least from what I've seen in, in chat and in Twitter conversations, this is a coaching decision that seems to be where most of the blame is going. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's more talent on the team than they showed in this match. Yeah. Um, and when that's the case, and when they've shown it in – Every other match of the season, you really do have to look at the coaching staff and go, okay, what what did you do right. uh, to make this team so ill-equipped and unprepared to um, play Overwatch today? Like, how did you, how did you make this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, I think, just comes down to, like, whether or not your team also has problems. As a coaching staff, you need to be good enough to watch tape with decay in it and go, this is what's going wrong. We need to get better, even right. in a win, even in everything. Like, you shouldn't need to take the guy out to highlight the problems that you're having. It should just be a matter of reviewing the VODs and talking to your players and doing your job as a coach to figure out what your problems are and how to address them going forward.
0: And it's like, it's kind of like a, even if your other players are performing, it's almost like a false positive because they're performing without decay. So like different situations are happening, right? And you're going to be, someone's going to be playing a position that is decay's position. So what what value does that bring you? Like, it, it, there's a lot of things wrong with that with that statement. Um, and the lo- not not with the statement, with the logic behind the statement. That I mean, it, it was it was very clearly like, oh, we're gonna lose to the worst team in the league. We should pro and we took out our best player. We should probably say something about how this was planned and get people on our side because it was really glaringly bad. Not just from a you lost to the worst team in the league, but as I've pointed out, it it doesn't even make sense conceptually. And what I'm wondering, Death, is if you are, you know, a Dallas Fuel fan or Dallas Fuel upper management or someone who is looking at arrow, I mean, you don't you don't say you don't look at one game and go, oh well they lost this game, I'm gonna fire the guy, right? But the decision making there seems really bad. And if, like, the, you're captaining my ship, I'm not confident in that captain
1: if they're making this type of decision. Like, it seems really bad to do that. There's been times Arrows seemed like he's had the team well-prepared for the meta, what they needed to do, like Stage 4 last year. Yeah. They were, like, innovating with things and, like, using them in a ways that other people weren't, and it's, it's definitely, you know, there's been flashes of it, and you've definitely seen mm-hmm. bits and pieces, but... Um, I've also remained very convinced that he like saddled them with the Zachary contract because he really yeah. wanted like push to bring him in mm-hmm. and, um, he's done a lot to, to put the team. And so it's, it's not all negative and he's getting right. a, the lion's share of the blame, but that is a little bit just comes with the territory kind of a, right. a thing here for me. Um, you know, it. it I could have said the same thing about the Houston coaching staff and flame and Tyrong and all those guys, Fine. you know, there was times when they had the team super well-prepared mm-hmm. performing very, very well. And then they just always seem to leave them critically flawed in some way that really mm-hmm. held them up from overall, you know, season success, which is the business they should be in now. Um, So, yeah, I think this is a very similar scenario. And um, even with the changes, the additions, the things that Dallas did to acquire talent and players to make them viable this season, um, we did always look at this roster as a team that was like fighting for relevancy for the fans' sake and then also in a pretty solid rebuild, right? And I think we're looking at them much differently now. You know, they've got two tanks that they could very realistically— keep as backups or, you know, possible competitors for a starting job with some new additions in the mm-hmm. off season. We're looking at DPS players that we view as some of the better at their positions in the league. So that's a very great starting spot point, you know, a great building blocks to, to start with. Um, and then you're looking at a support line that let's be honest, needs a lot of work, but um, you know, that's, that's workable, right. And you can kind of see the roadmap for the future um there and it's just a matter of does hastro believe arrows part of that roadmap um and how do they address that going forward my gut is we'll see that change in the offseason
0: yeah and it's tough and we don't need to get into a huge discussion about coaching because we sort of bring it up from time to time because you know we've been huge proponents of coaching staff and 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 non-player staff being a huge part of the success of teams i think you look at you know, the arrow situation, you look at the coaching situation for honestly, a lot of the like non crusty ran teams, honestly. And it's like, man, the coaching staff really kind of leaves something to be desired. Right? Like, it's like there's these bonehead plays. Soul dynasty. Doesn't, they roll the dice every week or, you know, where the hell is sure for like, what's going on? Like all these different things. And it's like in the NFL or NBA, There's a very large, highly talented pool of coaching staff, right? Like all the way down across the leagues or across the league itself into college ball. I mean, you can go go super far. There are people stepping over each other to get a head coaching position like this. And there's just not that talent. There's just not that pool there
1: tiers of hierarchies within the teams, right? You've right. got the head coach, the assistant head coaches, exactly. the offensive coordinators, yes. the defensive coordinators, positional coaches. And so there's like a logical progression there. And yep. in Overwatch, it goes from like nobody knows what Harsha really does with the Vancouver Titans right. to he's now the head coach of the Houston Outlaws right. and they just were second like you're pumped. And you know, there's really, and honestly, when you look at it, there's only a small handful of teams where you have to think they're probably not going to make a coaching staff change. It, you know, not that all of them will, mm-hmm. but you can just see that it, it's a possibility or something they, they might consider. And, um, yeah. you know, even mm-hmm. a good chunk of the ones where I think they won't be changed, as some of them are, like Harsha and Houston. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you don't think one one season's not, they're not going to change it after one season where he really didn't, other than the beginning of the season didn't really fall flat on his face. Right. Like they've been getting better as the seasons progressed right now, they look as good as they ever have. Mm -hmm. Um, You know? And so there's, it's not to say that he's, he's great needs to keep his job, but it's just like, it's still new enough in his tenure that you're just not going to move on from him right away um but i part of that comes from just it being so difficult to evaluate us having such little access behind the scenes to know how impactful they are what they're doing with the the teams with the practice times like that um but yeah it'll be interesting and speaking of coaching staff i think that's a a good segue it
0: is a great segue We're, We're we're it's like we've been doing this for years Uh, Supreme has been promoted to the head coach of the Washington Justice. This, of course, was a team with a uh, coaching staff and front office vacuum recently.
1: Yeah, we were commenting last week how we didn't even know who who was going to be handling the interim duties or what was Mm -hmm. going on. Uh, with the team in that capacity. So, um, he was, I believe with the team prior to this. Um, so makes a lot of sense. You keep some continuity and I do believe it is more of a interim status thing. Now, sometimes that works out. You like what they're doing. You keep them not to say you won't stick around, but, uh, at the moment, at least I would consider it an interim situation and arrangements and, and expect them to reevaluate at the end of the season. But, uh, with a lot of these speculation, that they were going to be moving towards more of a full Korean staff and player base, um, I think this would make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. as now. All six of their their starting players are are now Korean, mm-hmm. and so are their three coaches: their head coach, their assistant coach, their strategic coach. So um, they might really want this to work. We'll see how they do the rest of the way. Um, I guess you need to show some improvement with the addition of the you know former Titans players coming right. in uh, with Janu and and Stitch, um, but they're still a little like undermanned. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're they're a very difficult team to pin down at the moment. I kind of liked their position, not that it had to work when they were like Corey and Stratus yeah. led and the DPS core, and you, you could see how it could could come together and work. And um, you know they're probably closer to a position where they can really level up and become mm-hmm. a, a very serious team, but it's harder to see because there's. A couple of players on the roster. I'm not going to get too specific, right? Tuba, uh, but that like, <laughs> maybe, maybe definitely need to be replaced. And like even Stitch, I, I don't think his hero pool really lines up for mm-hmm. what they need. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, to me, he's. I've always been thought of him as more of like a widow and a McCree than really kind of able to excel in the dive DPS categories. But mm-hmm. maybe that's just. Could purely be a function of what the metas were when I was able to tune in and catch some of his matches and things like that. Because I mean, you go to Liquipedia, it shows the the tracer, the sombra, and his hero pool. I just have never been overly impressed when gotten a chance to see it. But it's it's a little hard to judge currently when he comes out on the, the Washington team, playing from Korea and yep. EOS servers. And you know, it's it, it's a rough it's a rough time uh, at the moment for Washington. We'll see if uh, the new head coach can do anything to steady the ship a little bit
0: yeah they feel it, the washington story feels in in a way kind of like the florida mayhem story where like the cory stratus kind of felt like early early like misfits like you know Tavik and that crew that came over from you know pre overwatch league had sort of a, a legacy with uh misfits and some uh giganti players like it's like okay they Frag. could they could really they could really put what what's that? Frag, Fraggy would be so proud. I know, uh, Fraggy, where are you? I need to see more Fraggy, just in general. Um, I think he's still practicing as Winston play, so he can get back in the league. Pretty sure. I'm hoping. Um, uh, I completely forgot. Oh, um, they they feel a lot like the, them where or the Florida mayhem where it's like okay they've had success in the past they've shown. The ability to compete. I mean, you know, Corey and Stratus did have a a, a nice run at the end of season two, where they looked like a real team, and they looked like, you know, honestly not dominant, but like a a strong pairing. Um, And while that didn't particularly happen with Florida, it's like you look at on paper, these players are good; they could perform. And then the the team the uh, team itself decided to go to a Korean team. Okay, great. A lot of talent on the Florida Mayhem for a long time didn't pan out. Didn't work. And now we're just starting to see maybe some, the the fruits of the labor of the team. So even if you can, you, you have a team that has talent, they, they change uh, over to a Korean roster. They still have talent. Even if the players have played together, it just doesn't, doesn't click instantly for everybody. So,
1: yeah, I gotta direct a question at chat because it doesn't normally happen. Barehands, hands, did you know we were gonna start talking about the the Florida mayhem roster? Because it showed up in chat the moment we were about to say. But you're right. They're a little bit in that that state where, you know, barehands hands left Florida, they lost, you know, they lost a couple of players. Yeah, it's just it is just really funny timing. Um, you know, they, they and it's the same thing, right? Like the the general manager's gone from Washington Mm -hmm. the coaching staff changes over and you're going to probably maybe next year, see some talent come out of this, this Washington team. Um, and a lot of them will be players that were acquired under the previous administration or the previous regime. Um, and then that regime won't get, won't get any credit for it. Very similar to, uh, what's going on with, with Florida right now. So, um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do again this season is is lost though for washington so they're mm-hmm. um trying to have that same stage four resurgence that they had last season mm-hmm. um, and just this time around maybe it can coincide with a bit of a splash in one of the tournaments that are upcoming yeah. or something along those lines but um we're a long way even from that yeah i guess the sort of
0: negative of the tournament structure that was i guess better for the stage playoffs was like you're playing for wins in the season but if you're already so far behind that the wins don't matter
1: then it's like who cares right i don't know i don't know if you, if you can't if you can't get pumped for the spoiler roll then i don't know what you're doing competing in, true in, uh... It's like almost that. it's almost better than just winning outright. It is a low key a little more fun. Especially I would think for gamers who really uh, like we all embrace the troll a little bit. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like we've all got that troll in us that hey, I'm out, but I just knocked you like you or if your game mattered, but it didn't matter to me, but I just beat you. Like that's that's uh its own positive feeling yeah. that i would think players would enjoy you'd think so but you know not everyone's
0: like us boomers now death and that cowards these these zoomers they they like <laughs> like fair play and so I, pff, coward cowards is right uh okay last uh bit of news here to talk about is qoq has joined the hongjao spark the team who i don't want to talk at all about but we have to
1: I mean, one of the acquisitions this week had to have, have a positive impact straight away out of the gate. And fortunately for me, and unfortunately for you, it was it was QOQ joining the, the Hangzhou Spark, also a little bit Architect finally getting to uh, actually play with, with Hangzhou as well. But I think QOQ is another really, really um, strong addition. He is a player, I'm blanking exactly on um, where he comes from. It, the... Korean scene for sure. He was on Runaway previously, T1 MVP space. Um, So he's been a part of the Korean contender scene for a while and um, was, I think, on the short list of of players ready to be called up. So um, good for him to, I think, join a team with a very strong position going forward. Uh, maybe their record's not as good as they wanted it to be, but it's far from out of the mix, out of the running. Um, you know, They've made some other changes, so it's not like one person trying to fit into a pre-existing group, right? Mm-hmm. They're a little bit reinventing themselves, and now he gets to be part of that instead of being shoehorned in. I think right. that... Can at least feel a little better. It also makes it a little harder for it to work. But um all things considered, it's a, a strong start here for QoQ and Architect on the Hangzhou Spark. Um, yeah, he looked really strong, specifically in the in the Sigma role. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what it looks like on you know the the Diva role as that comes back into the mix. As there's no hero pool for the next two weeks, but um yeah, I don't know. We'll have to, to keep an eye on this. Hangzhou is a yeah. team that is gonna shake things up a little bit in the Asian region for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I will say as someone who has been on both sides of the, uh, uh, I've been on every side of like being on a team of one, I'm part of the like core group and there's a new player that's coming in and joining that. I've been on the opposite side of that where I'm the outsider. I've been on a, a, a the side where there's a bunch of like small pods that are joining together for like a super team And uh yeah, it can definitely be it's kind of fun and exhilarating in a way to be the like odd person out and bring in your own perspective, but it can also be very intimidating depend on depending on what the the group you're coming into is like.
1: So I was gonna say depending on what the what the result is too. True. Um, True. It's something that's very fun. You feel great when you join up and you make a positive impact and you help them succeed. Um, but you Heap a lot of self blame on yourself when right. you join and you're filling and you the shoes of the person it, that you're yeah. right and it doesn't quite work out and maybe you know like um like Kevster probably be is beating himself up a little bit right. for the the loss for the gladiators because they were on paper uh going to win that one um on he got as well and and really neither player I don't think played poorly or did anything where they need to feel like they were a part of a part of the problem. And it was more the the failings elsewhere, Mm -hmm. whether in the decision to play them or how to use them or something like that, or um, really just kind of unrelated things with, with the Kevster thing. I think it was just a a circumstance of, of the meta of the week and, and uh, Houston being hot at the time, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. At least it, it worked for QOQ. We'll see how it works for them going forward. Yeah.
0: Well, we will talk about those aforementioned results r- right now. It's tournament talk.
1: It's
0: started off the weekend with the Guangzhou Charge winning three to two versus the Seoul Dynasty. London Spitfire wins three to zero against the Chengdu Hunters. The aforementioned match, Hangzhou Spark won 3-2 versus NYXL. San Francisco Shock 3-0s the Paris Eternal. Atlanta Rain 3-0ed the Toronto Defiant. Houston Outlaws, as we mentioned before, won 3-1 versus the LA Gladiators. Vancouver Titans with their first new team win, I believe, 3-0 versus the Dallas Fuel. Guangzhou Charge wins 3-2 against the Hangzhou Spark. Chengdu Hunters lose 3-2 versus the Shanghai Dragons. NYXL comes back with a victory 3-1 over the London Spitfire. Philly Fusion 3-0's Boston Uprising. LA Valiant 3-1 over the Florida Mayhem. And San Francisco Shock rounds out the weekend 3-0 versus the Washington Justice. So we've already talked about a number of these matches. I know, Death, you're probably uh, chomping at the bit to dive a little bit deeper into the uh, Houston match.
1: I mean, we kind of already covered it. Um, it was the, the Dante show. Yeah. He was absolutely popping off. Um, I thought, you know, the difference between that and like the the decay showing was that there was definitely more to it than that. And that's why it was a, a complete win. But honestly, probably as, as clean of a, a victory for Houston as we've, almost ever seen from yeah. them um, links are looked to be, pretty close to at the top of his game um widow ash you know mccree all those those characters were uh featured this weekend uh by houston and, and by lynxer and he performed great um dante put on an absolute clinic on the tracer um there was a spot in rialto it was if you saw it it was like single-handedly the team was like down two or three deaths mm-hmm. and then he just like gets in the back line takes out a support you know gets the the opposing tracer and Kevster, and like just absolutely put the team on on his back in that situation and and pushed them through the point um but yeah they just seemed really clean like they had a, a firm plan and a playbook um they, some spicy tech i think even too right on king's row they were like putting a may wall on top of a fire hydrant so that the Symmetra could get the teleporter through the choke point. Then you drop it. So the teleporter drops and breaks line of sight from the exit and they all flooded through and just stole the high ground real fast. Um, one that won the point easy. They, they showed us some things that we really haven't gotten to see from them in the past. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we talked about the new coaching staff and, um, I talked about how they'd get better as the year went on. And hopefully this is a signal that that's really, really taking hold and happening. Um, but you don't make that decision. You know what I mean? Like, you can't right. come to that conclusion based off of one match. But um, exactly what you wanted to see as a fan. And um, I think, uh, you know, I don't even know if we can look at the current qualifier positionings for the tournament or, or what have you. I mean, why um, would you be able to? It's not like that's I,
0: extremely
1: pertinent information for the viewers. <laughs> i mean there's still a may melee tab but there's nothing for the june event on the why on would the there be that, that the june event hasn't but happened I, yet true enough um it's not like but it's I, june already <laughs> it does i think put them in a decent uh position there i'm going back to look and see they lost to Philly last week, so one and one. Um, we'll see what they're able to do next week with uh, the remainder of their their qualifiers or their placement matches. For that, two and one should give them a solid seed, the ability to maybe pick an opponent, and then from there, you're you're already I think adding a win, right? If you win that that match in the semifinals you're you're starting to add some wins to your win totals. so um something houston would desperately need because of their glacially slow start yeah um the, when they do those catch-up games you're not going to see houston much you're not going to see philadelphia very much those right. teams were very active in as things were shutting down for coronavirus they were in the area that was not yet shutting down and not right. yet affected so they were able to just play their matches at will um and yeah so they have some ground to make up and and this would be a very big uh boon to be able to do that getting a couple wins from a tournament so mm-hmm. um we'll have to wait and see as far as the other matches um you know some of the biggest talking points i have from from a lot of these matches are from matches not super exciting to talk about <laughs> um paris eternal lost 3-0 but exy was back um and that to me is a big big deal yeah. uh weren't able to take down San Francisco they did get 3-0'd there but um great to see uh as they're really trying to get to that final season form with Sparkle and and Eggsy together and I think if they can find themselves in a Reinhardt-centric metagame that could be really really something to watch uh if not and they're forced into Winston and dive based for the end of the season it might not make a difference because it really does make that Big of a deal to their frontline and how mm-hmm. effective they can be. Um, otherwise, Erster played one map. I think it was uh, She at least showed up a little bit. Hey. There was a hilarious tweet from Baby Bay about that. Um, oh check his account. Yeah, just I know you big, love just that. The
0: biggest props in the
1: world, to Baby Bay for right. calling sideshow <laughs> out. Right, like, and it, listen, it's a it's a f- great great for him to be able to be like good humored about it and to like humored? address it and and <laughs> you know engage with it and yeah. also like have a little fun with it right like he turned it into a copy pasta moment where he like he wrote a copy pasta instead of show letting his frustration really show right. or something like that it was kind of like a kiss the ring kind of a thing right um it was it was truly absolutely hysterical um but sideshow was 100 percent correct. Like yeah. what if you oh, yeah. just, what if you just played him instead of Baby Bay? That right. might that might be it might be the the way to go about it. But um, you know it's an awkward situation, right? Because sideshow's got to give the analysis. Um, Baby Bay's going to see it and probably want it. So I don't know. It just a win all around, right? I thought oh, yeah. uh, the way that was handled so that was great. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, well, Big had We talked about the debut of Architect. Death there were um,
0: there were uh there were more, <laughs> more reverse sweeps than the Overwatch League can count. True aka two.
1: The Overwatch League cannot count to two, that's a fact. Um that is yeah, canon. There, was some, there were some really, really close matchups, I think was more their point. You know, um yeah. Guangzhou versus Seoul was a very, very good one. It wasn't a reverse sweep, but it was a three to two. Um Hangzhou versus New York wasn't a reverse sweep, but another three to two. Um yeah, I don't know. This was a, a very interesting week and there was a lot of really close matches. I think the um Asian region, we've been talking about it for a while. They're just such a treat to watch. Um almost any any time you get the opportunity to, make sure you Except you watch them, but you know. Yeah, that's only for you. True. Um <laughs> and a couple other people yeah, in Discord, but you know, even some surprises, right? Like London uh, gets the 3-0 win against Chengdu. I, I didn't really expect that to happen. Um, it's been a while since they've found the win column. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I don't think they're going to suddenly turn around and become hmm. serious contenders, but I'm not sure Chengdu is really uh, in that boat either. You know, it's a team that you'd call a serious contender. Maybe at right. times earlier on. They did get the two zero lead on Shanghai the next day, but squandered it. So, you know, that was one of the reverse sweeps. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think any other major like debuts or anything notable there. I just oh, thought it was Valiant very- beating Florida. I think is one worth talking. Yeah, that, about.
0: Yeah, that 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 is another one because we've been seeing Florida sort of take take steps up and go and you know make their way. People were claiming top five and like stepping stones there. And this was sort of a a step back
1: yeah definitely was a step back um personally i think it's par for the course a little bit though Uh as as strange as that might sound um i've talked a lot about uh the team kind of goes as far as uh chris is able to take them because he on some heroes seems to be such a, a massive problem for them um and on others he's just fine and with brig kind of out of things um i don't think he was really able to to play in a role that really suited him that well um he was back on the lucio a little bit i'm kind of thumbing through their match yeah he was playing baptiste and to me when they've got him on baptiste is is about the nightmare scenario um you really want him to be on the brig uh, as much as possible and with that out of the hero pool it was i think a very tough week for um, for florida it does a lot to enable um, yaki uh, specifically on the tracer just having those armor packs on uh, the backliners is is a very big game changer and yeah i don't know it just to me that's the the big hang up here for florida is they really need a main support that can, that can handle all the heroes. Uh, they're great when they can get him on one where he doesn't just really stand out and, and kind of blow it for him. Um, but otherwise they, they do have some problems, but listen, that's not to take credit away from the valiant either, right? Like Shax right. has been out of this world, on the tracer they have seemingly come to the conclusion that i wanted them to come to a long time ago and Mm -hmm. that's dreamers the main tank that they need to be playing and um so i think having Dreamer be there more consistently has been very good for the Valiant. Um Lastros starting to come into his own a little bit. I think it was helpful that this week he was able to play the Zen, um which I thought he looked really strong on. Um McGravy's been solid, KSP's been solid, but yeah, I think the the success of the Valiant is a little bit in the hands of Shacks. Maybe mm-hmm. similar to Houston and Dante, right? And they're very kind of similar players and hero sure. pools and everything like that. They're um kind of at the top of the list, as far as western tracers and western d p s players go um so we'll have to keep an eye on them i'm still constantly having to readjust and reevaluate my my opinion and my position on on the valiant but um still not quite there and ready to like you know make any any broad sweeping claims or anything i'm still not exactly sure what this team is, and I think that's in large part because. They aren't either, and they haven't reached their potential, and they haven't, you know what I mean, uh, finished adapting and changing, and they're going to be hard to pin down all year, I think. I will say that if there's
0: one thing that's been constant about the LA Valiant, and even going back to when they were Immortals back before Overwatch League, it is that they are constantly... They are constantly bobbing between one of the best teams in the league and one of the worst teams in the league or just staying right in the middle. There's no like consistently of like, oh, we're solidly at this spot. It's like they've been the best team in Overwatch at times. I mean, if we're going historic, they've been the worst team in Overwatch at times. Uh, that, That has been the case. And they're, they just always, it's like they're the perfect dynamic equilibrium. They always average out to be like exactly in the middle.
1: <laughs> yeah. The even Stevens
0: of the league. Yeah. It is uh,
1: kind of crazy. But so does that mean we should be expecting a disappointing loss from them next week? Yes, we is? should.
0: If, if well i mean it, well, two bet weeks Bet on paris it it's not it, the, the, it doesn't even itself out in, in two it like immediately right it's it's over the course of 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 overwatch history so you'd have to look at sounds like that. you're sounds like you're hedging your bets on i later. absolutely am uh, because i'm smart uh, i've i've learned uh, financial and fiscal responsibility in my old age now uh, but let's move on and
1: oh, let's break it down
0: no hero pool this week so death what are we looking at for uh maybe a meta coming into this week
1: you know it's really tough to say and in large part because i don't have a definitive answer on whether or not the genji changes will be put into play starting this week um i believe the original statement was that it was like two weeks after it went live and i Mm -hmm. think by friday we might be at like day 15 or something like right. that so i am leaning towards thinking the genji changes will be involved i think uh, tmp said in discord that he like remembers hearing a coach talk as though it was going to be involved uh and be part of this week and it would make sense too right with the two-week hero pools you're not going to introduce a patch in between the two weeks and you don't want to delay the bringing of it in to not have it involved in the tournament mm-hmm. right it would make the tournament fun and innovative you know different and there would be a a tangible shift and change from what the may melee was if all of a sudden genji was everywhere and um you know so i think that's going to be really interesting to look at so assuming Genji changes in, I think we have to really look at Dive as being much more viable. You're going to get D.Va back into the mix. You're going to get Brig back into the mix. And we've talked about how important Brig can be on those backline DPS players. Having those armor packs built up on them does wonders for their ability to wreak havoc in the backline. So uh, I'm looking kind of Winston Diva, maybe Tracer Genji with an Anna Brig support line um, for what I think the Dive compositions are going to look like um we're not likely to see the full retreat of double shield Um, one thing we've seen emphatically since hero pools has come in is that teams play what they're comfortable with and what they think they're best at because it gives them the best chance in in the moment uh there's some teams that are going to really stick to those double shield compositions Mm -hmm. and i think that's going to really open things up quite a bit um, you know, you can't forget everybody talks about the Genji change in the patch and it's like the Genji patch, but his brother got some got some love too and Hanzo's back. So, maybe you see some double shield compositions with Hanzo there um to really just nuke through the the Winston bubbles and and he's always been pretty strong on the flanker DPS, you know, you hit the headshot on the Tracer, she's gone, right? You just don't have to worry about it anymore. Um so it, it'll be very interesting to see. There's not going to be I don't think any one end-all be-all patch i think as long as hero pools even remotely exist one week two weeks it's going to really encourage teams to probably do what i would think is the smart thing and and really lean on all of the um you know all of the different compositions that they have all the different heroes and um you know play that dynamic play style so yeah there won't be any one answer but uh i think yeah assuming we've got the patch we'll see it and significant uptick and dive for sure.
0: I think that bodes pretty well for a decent number of teams, maybe not uh maybe not for everyone, but should be dive you specifically. Fun. Yeah, that very
1: true. Who are you and and uh, Hacksaw? I uh, mean, I I I wonder I who Genji. uh who can play Genji on that team with with who are you and Hacksaw there? is there any Genji player? I just mm-hmm. want
0: to see them do a Genji 1v1 to decide who does play the Genji. True. I mean, we want to see. Get this. on of like, New York. That's the content it. we want to see. Yeah. Um, but, yes. Yeah, Victor.com so... slash
1: NYX. Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> <That's>,
0: uh, <laughs> tied back it to back it. together. <laughs> <laughs> we start off the week with Chengdu Hunters versus Guangzhou Charged Death. I feel like we've seen as many times as we've seen this. It's still, I mean, it, I think it's certainly favored for Guangzhou. Chengdu's sure. not looked great yeah. but also it's hard to rule them out at any
1: point in time. but Chengdu did go up two games on Shanghai and was very close to completing that so you're absolutely right listen you're never going to be able to just be like Chengdu doesn't have a chance they're going to get rolled but right now in their current state I'm not going to be in the business of right. picking Chengdu to win uh, especially versus a team like Guangzhou um. that is they're really starting to, like, stand the test of time with this, right? Like, they put down Seoul and Hangzhou, Hangzhou in their resurgent week. Um, right. to, to get that reverse sweep, to, to shut that down is huge. Uh, that shows a lot of fortitude to, to stand tough against Seoul when they were, uh, like, Seoul's not been playing poorly in a little right. while now. Um, so these are are really big, strong wins from Guangzhou. They have mm-hmm. to be considered one of the top in the region. I've got them above both Hangzhou and Seoul at the moment. Um, yeah, this is. I'm gonna say three zero here for Guangzhou, but you're very correct to mention the anything goes Chengdu <laughs> factor that that yep. is absolutely in play. Yeah, I, I
0: got to agree with you. It, it, you don't. I'm not calling the upset here. That's uh, that's what I'll leave it at. It's not. Uh... <laughs> Certainly not favored, but it, but boy, oh, boy, could it happen? Next up, we get the rematch from the finals of the May Melee: Seoul Dynasty versus Shanghai Dragons. Death. Who do you have?
1: I'm gonna go three to one for Shanghai here, and I'm gonna call it that decisive because I think Seoul will try to cling to the double shield. They've mm-hmm. they, they've been playing the two main tank players consistently without fail. Uh, it's never led to good diva play from them and i think if you're unwilling or unable to efficiently swap into a dive kind of composition and play your best i just don't see how you get out of a series and beat shanghai going into this meta you, you know you even like you know you you have to have an echo i think too not that it's going to be a must pick hero or anything like that but i just think she functions really important um roles within dive to be able to beat certain things and like they just there feels like tools in the kit that Seoul just doesn't have. So you need the meta right. to really line up and agree with them um, in order for them to have the ability to take down the best team in the region, which is is what Shanghai is. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a convincing Shanghai win here, three to one. but um who knows? Maybe Sol just plays Michelle, or, or it started to look a little bit better with Marvel on the on the mm-hmm. Diva at some points. So maybe that comes together, and they're they're able to kind of get over that hump. Um, they've not been so far behind that that's unthinkable. But again, right? I'm still me, so I'll be. I'm not going to call <laughs> that happening. I'm going to wait for them to show me that I can that I can count on that before I, I factor it in.
0: I mean, we look at the May Melee, and like they were up. What was it? Three to zero? They were up three to zero and then got reverse swept, right? Am I thinking of that? Am I remembering I that so. correctly? I think so. In the in the main so like if we're looking at it from that perspective, Shanghai actually was the upset, even if on paper going into it they weren't. At a point in time they did the upset, right? Yeah. Making that reverse sweep. So like I don't I, I don't know if I put it at at 3-1 I would maybe think 3-2 I'm definitely with you in leaning towards Shanghai it's a I think it's going to be a really close game and like the other thing is both teams have played against each other more than any other team I'm imagining just because of that may melee in terms of actual maps played so like both teams have a lot of tape on each other and know how they how each other plays. so like who does that benefit? Does it benefit the, per- the the team that won most recently? Or does it benefit the team that lost most recently? Because the team that lost is more likely to adjust their strategy, right? Because they know they need to change something. And I think that that dynamic is very interesting. And this is a very, like, it, it's almost like a fine wine. Like, this matchup has aged so well because we've seen it so many times. I think it's going to be a great... It's going to be a great match. Certainly going to be close. I'm calling it 3-2. I'm going to go with uh, – I'll go with Shanghai, though, because I think that is definitely the – they're definitely favored, but it's
1: uh, it, it's going to be close. Can I shoot your analogy down? Go and for fast it. Immediately after you made it? Yes. So, you, like, something – a matchup that happened a bunch over the regular season, sort of like Vancouver versus San Francisco last year did mm. – and then when maybe. you get to the end of the season in the grand finals, you get the wow. best version of that, and you, you just think. get the best match of them. And oh, wait a minute, oh. yeah, that didn't happen. That's, that's uh, but but theoretically, went. that should have happened. <laughs> it just didn't. The maybe that, wasn't there. Maybe that says the theory is flawed. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Maybe
0: Here, that's listen. like saying that's like saying I play pocket aces versus. Po- nah, no, I'm not going
1: into that. No, like, I, mean, I mean to now that I've, I've poked holes in your theory to, to support what you said, if it wasn't for me trying to like read the tea leaves of the meta and the impact mm. of removing the hero pool for, right. for this week, I would have this as a very close yeah. matchup. Um, but I just, like I said, I think given what I think the meta is going to be going into the change, or at least what'll show immediate success, right? Like I think yeah. it'll be easier to figure out how to make dive work when you're like throwing bodies at, at, at shield tanks and stuff like that, right. will work out better than trying to like decode that dive and break it down and beat it that way. I, I just think that's a little easier. And if the dive's also probably the better comp of the two, then
0: yeah. yeah, definitely makes sense. I think it should be a good match one way or the other. Um, all right, next up in the Asia region is Hangzhou Spark versus the London Spitfire seems a bit like a difference in tiers here. It's London, I don't think London's really leveled up that much.
1: No, I mean, they did get the uh, the win 3-0, but again, that was versus Changdu who can... You know, you're never surprised by the 3-0 win or the 0-3 loss, no matter what happens. Right? Um, and Hangzhou just came out of the slugfests uh, this past weekend mm-hmm. uh, in both of their matchups: the win versus New York, which I just can't mention enough on on the uh, the show this week, uh, and also the loss versus <laughs> the loss versus Guangzhou. Uh, you know, I, I just think they're definitely couple tiers above and yeah. it feels a little weird to say that so soon after the additions come in but i think they were one tier above london even before those acquisitions so mm-hmm. um should be a i'll, I'll go with the three zero 0 win here for yep. this mark no
0: disagreements on my end except for the fact that uh you uh said NYXL lost, which I can't accept even though it happened.
1: Uh <laughs> next
0: <laughs> next up, uh we move to NA and we've got Florida versus your boys in green, the Houston Outlaws. Is Florida back on their stepping on their uh their their track towards the top five, or is Houston going to
1: I don't know where I'm pull the rock out from their rock climb I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with that a so, means... solid Sigma joke. That's yeah. what we'll say. Um, <laughs> this is a, a tough one. I mean, everybody knows who I want to win. Um, but when I, I look at it, and I look at what the meta is, and I have to think of Houston as a team that's a little unproven in the Genji department. Mm-hmm. Um, if Florida not going to be playing a double shield based composition and you have to think they're going to want to lean into the dive and let Yaki loose on the tracer um, and, you know they're going to be able to put uh, Chris on the Brig role which I said earlier is such a, a big impact and, and makes such a big difference for this team. If I'm right about the meta, I think it favors Florida just a little bit more. I'll take Dante in the Dante versus Yaki. Like, I'm perfectly fine with that battle i think things are are lining up well for both teams Mm -hmm. but when i really break it down i think the the front line of florida is a little more safe a little more consistent Mm -hmm. we're still figuring out what hydration can do and what roles he can play well and Mm -hmm. apparently muma's had some wrist issues we don't know if he'll be back if it was winston based i'd kind of want muma to be in there i think but um you know we'll see what that all looks like. But the front line, I, I give a slight advantage to, to Florida here. Um, and then I don't know. I mean, sure, Hydration and, and Blase were signed and their projectile DPS players and Lynxers played the, the Genji in the past, but I'm just not entirely certain they have somebody that can really pop off and play an absolute elite genji i'm also not sure they need to um you know they we could see something like lynxer on the tracer and then dante on the echo a lot uh we could see blasé come in and play doomfist although doomfist is almost better when you're like diving into double shield than it is diving into dive right i don't think you want doomfist and a dive mirror match so Yeah, I mean, this could easily go either direction with Florida. Got a reminder that they're very human and Houston looks as as good as they've looked. Um, But I'll go three to two for Florida on this one. I just think it's the safer pick. It's the one that makes a little bit the most sense. But this could also be like match of the week levels good back and forth going to map five or map six. This one could be really, really interesting. But I'll go three to two Florida.
0: I agree with everything that you said but i'm picking houston here just so that sure, when they I win do. i'll look better i'll look like the real houston fan and i'll be like sure. i don't i don't even care so we'll go uh we'll go tails never fails for houston here ooh and the coin says houston is going to win this one so the coin is part. on is on both of our sides but really my side because i made the, i i put my neck out there and made the pick uh, I'm the real fan here. Uh, you just never pick
1: Florida is basically your
0: thing. It's my new thing. Now that they're actually good, I can't pick them anymore. It's not cool. Uh, it's next, not up, we've got the recently humiliated Dallas Fuel versus our boys, the Toronto Defiant. Death. Yeah, Who are you on I with?
1: picked the wrong one of my teams to, to upset last week. <laughs> um, man, it's so it's impossible. To, like there's two different answers to this question yes, it's are one they still doing the, the the decay throw right um and if so, Toronto's going to win, but if decay's out there i I think Dallas has to be considered the the favorites going into this mm-hmm. um it's man, he's got to be getting so much grief for it on reddit and everywhere, like it's really hard to imagine Arrow doubles down on this and goes, we need to see it again right like and and throws throws Anigad out there with Doha right. again, um, but it's far from impossible. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> we see AKM this week. Who knows? Um, I hope so. Give me Dallas three to one here. But as soon as you see Anigad Doha flip it, it's yeah. the score, everything flip it. It becomes three to one Toronto. Yeah, I, I agree.
0: It, I want to. I really want Toronto to be in a spot where we could we could actually predict them to get the victory here. But it's just not. It's not there, even with even with sure four. We're not we're not seeing it yet, but I'm I'm hoping that will be uh, that will be surprised here. Next up, we've got the battle for the bottom: Vancouver Titans versus Boston Uprising. Vancouver won last week. Death can they pull off two in a row? I'm not gonna
1: bet on it. I mean, it, it took a it took a pretty substantial throw to get the to get the win. Um, Boston has been looking better, but I think the meta is about to move away from them a little Mm bit um so that might even things out but i'll still lean mildly on uh, on boston here but let's call this a three to two you're right to call this battle for the bottom it it could get pretty ugly pretty fast uh if boston falls apart and dive like i kind of half expect Mm -hmm. them to
0: Hey, some teams get a win under their belt and they all all of a sudden they know how to do it and they can continue it, but uh, I'm not picking it here. I'll I'll agree with you. Give me Boston. They
1: also could could have snuck players on a better ping and we wouldn't ever have any idea, so who knows?
0: No comment, no comment, no comment, no comment. (laughs) Washington Justice playing up against the LA Gladiators, and I feel like every time we bring up the Washington Justice, it's like there's a tier difference in the teams here. I'm just not seeing them pick up a victory.
1: Unless they were you know, playing against one of the opponents in the last match, right, there's true. definitely a tier difference. Um, the Gladiators are only going to improve uh, off of what we saw this past weekend in the loss to Houston. Um, again, that wasn't like an embarrassing loss for the Gladiators. It was just a surprise, right? And very sure. adequate performance from the from the Houston Outlaws. Right. Um, I do, however, think the Gladiators have some work. I've been I, I mentioned it last week. It continues to be true. I, like Shaz got to play the Zen. This week. And it just, it still didn't seem to really come together. He was still not his old self. And I think it's a really big problem for this team. Um, they need to find a way to, to fix him. And maybe this is a get right game and exactly what they need um, and does the trick. I don't know. I will be predicting the Gladiators here again. Just just one or two tier differences are, yeah. are clearly separating the teams. Um, I'll go 3 0 because I think Washington's yeah. got a lot of work to do. Uh, no
0: disagreements
1: from my side.
0: Okay, we move on to the next day, the next grouping of Asia region matches. We start with Shanghai versus Hong Zhao. Is Hong Zhao the real deal? Are they able to? Uh, are they able to compete with the uh, perennial first in the region right now? Death.
1: This is definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. You know, you just saw Hong Zhao give. The other, you know, two of the other top three teams in the region, a five-map run for their money last week. Uh, You saw Shanghai looking incredibly human, going having to go to five to take down Chengdu. Uh, Far from a a mortal lock for Shanghai, though I will be picking them. I'll give it the three-to-two score. I'm not super confident in their ability to dive. On paper, everything's there. They need to be able to do it, Mm -hmm. uh, or that they should be able to, to play that and play it very well but i don't feel like i've seen enough of it this season to like be really confident and hangzhou has got to be feeling good there's a there's a momentum factor to the changes when they work like that and I don't know, this could be could be really really close but yeah i'll pick shanghai um 3 to 2 for now and and look forward to watching this one
0: yeah definitely match of the week potential i'm going to agree with you here and pick shanghai up next we've got Chengdu versus Seoul here i think even though, you know, Chengdu can throw can can throw up a, a hissy fit against
1: anyone, I gotta go with Seoul in this match. Seoul three to one. Um, you don't have to play the dive meta if you're playing against a team that is going to completely ignore the meta anyways. <laughs> um they'll, yeah, Soul should be able to find a way to to win this yep. one. But it, it's Chengdu, so who knows? You never know. Uh,
0: one thing I do know is that in the NYXL versus Guangzhou charge match coming up next, I'm picking NYXL, baby. They're coming to get right. They got they got their get right later in the week, but now you gotta assert dominance. Let's get some five let's get some five O's.
1: Yeah, there's not gonna be any O's uh involved in this one. Both of these teams are very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, i do think in the proposed meta that i laid out new york is the better um the better suited team with the all-star genji the plethora of all-star genjis to pick from in order to, to throw them out there so uh, i will take new york i'll call it three to two but man um definitely doesn't have to go this way and i'm really looking forward to watching this one there's a A bunch of really, really close, really, really good matchups Mm -hmm. uh, this week, and this is definitely one of them.
0: Yeah, should definitely be a great week. All right, moving into the final three matches of the week. Back in NA, we've got the LA Valiant versus the Paris Eternal. I feel like there's some question marks around both of these teams right now and their future in in where they stand in the league.
1: Yeah, um, again, this is going to be purely a meta call, but I think Paris will be uniquely ill-suited to play uh, a dive-based meta because of their tank situation. I don't think No Smite um, is really up to it. I'm fairly uh, supremely confident that Ben Best isn't up to uh, playing the Winston, but it is a little crazy to kind of see them um, be so polarizing based off of what their main tank position gets to play uh the valiant are a team that are on the rise i'm much more confident in them um and Exy sparkle is terrifying as that that sentence is to say like you have to go against Exy and sparkle this weekend um i think the valiant are going to be able to pull it off um not sure the ping situation for Exy. i think he might still be in korea which makes things a little tougher but um yeah i don't know it's, uh, it's rough
0: definitely it certainly is going to be rough but uh you know i think i think it'll be it'll be a pretty good match i don't know. Did, did i give a score i'll go 3 to
1: 1 valiant assuming i got the meta right
0: yeah i think i think you're uh well it's tough i mean we we didn't see if if and if paris was able to capitalize last week i would have a lot more faith in them but like you said exy's back didn't was not the explosion that we were expecting necessarily. So I'm, yeah, I'm,
1: against shock really hard to, to true blast them for it too that much.
0: True. I'm still leaning towards Valiant as well. Uh, next up, we've got Atlanta rain versus Vancouver Titans again, unless Vancouver shows something insane earlier in the week, it's gotta be an easy Atlanta pick
1: here, right? Yeah, I mean, Baby Bay could probably play the main tank role in this one and I'd pick them <laughs> to win, but in large part because then Erster would absolutely be playing true, in the DPS true. role. So that might be a, a, a you know long-term improvement. Um, yeah, I'm Atlanta, they can yep. field whatever version of their roster they want. They switch it around enough that it would probably just work out fine.
0: Yep. And the last match of the week is going to be the Philadelphia Fusion versus the San
1: Francisco Shock. And we are ending on a high note here. It's going to be, it's going to be a battle. Um, man, I mean, Striker versus Carpe on, on the Tracer battle could be up upon us. It's um, going to be absolutely nuts. Um, whether it's – I don't even care who the – The second DPS player is for Fusion, whether it's Ivy or EQO. I think Mm -hmm. they're going to do a great job, but probably be outmatched in, like, the Echo battle versus Mm -hmm. Rascal, Um, should he play. But I'm curious to see how San Francisco utilizes um, their need to probably field a Genji in this match. I think there's a lot of questions, really, on both sides um, from that position in particular. (sighs) Man, I'm definitely taking San Francisco here. I think that you've got to probably beat them twice, Philly, before I'm going to start right. picking you to, to to beat them. But um, easily, easily could go either direction. I just feel a little more confident in San Francisco's mm-hmm. ability with their two tank options to find uh, you know the best Winston uh, on the you know in the server yeah. for that particular matchup. And I think that's really where the Disconnect will be where the the game changing um, roster position will be is at, at main tank and as good as Sato's looked. I mean, we're not talking about can they beat Paris or can they beat Atlanta right. or you know a mid table team. We're talking about can they beat San Francisco. So right. I think it's it's right to talk about him as as a potential. Uh, target for San Francisco to exploit and try to take down uh, because they're just so coordinated and so uh, cohesive as a team uh, under Krusty that they should be able I think to to get the win here but man this is what you want to see right this is This is the battle everybody wanted to see at the end of the May melee. um, Florida spoiled that fun and yeah, uh, just an absolute blast. So really excited for this one, for sure. Uh,
0: It absolutely is going to be, it's certainly going to be billed as a match of the week, at least from us. It is going to be a great one, a slobber knocker, if you will. You're picking San Francisco. I'm picking the boy Carpe. It's going to be an amazing match one way or the other. Hopefully. Uh, I mean, we, we were saying that about Vancouver versus San Francisco. Uh, but we'll go, we'll go, tar- Tales never fails for Carpe and the boys. Ooh, and the coin likes Philly. So if you're superstitious and you're putting your bets down, the coin says Philly. But that is it for the week. Death, a, a ton. Of really close matches, at least on paper. So uh, it should be a really good one to 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 tune into this weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Definitely set an alarm or a reminder so you don't miss uh, Philly versus San Francisco. And I'd say wake up both days. Very ready to watch those um Asian region yeah. matches, Seoul versus Shanghai mm-hmm. uh on Saturday. And then there was two of them on Sunday if if memory serves. Yeah. Uh yeah, New York versus Guangzhou and mm-hmm. Shanghai versus Hangzhou. Um those all of these are gonna be absolute bangers. And then there's even the middle them, you know, the kind of mid-tier um mm-hmm. matchups have the potential to be really, really yeah. good. So um a very good follow-up to last weekend's mm-hmm. very hotly contested matches. I, I hope we can absolutely see that continue. Yep. Um, it, it did. There was a couple weeks there where there weren't a ton of of super closely contested right. matches, but the schedule gods are are favoring us and smiling on us a little more now. So yeah,
0: two weeks ago was three Overwatch, and hopefully these uh, consecutive two weeks are going to be really good. But. That is going to be it for this week. Again, special thanks to our executive producer, Bungie Bamboo, who has supported us over at patreon.com slash high noon podcast. You can check us out everywhere on the internet, high noon podcast. Pretty much every single social you can think of, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. We are high noon podcast. Don't forget to join, of course, our Discord community as well, discord.me slash high noon podcast. But that is going to be it for Death Blow. I am the Blevins. And remember... It's high ha- noon.